Was the Fantastic Beast series really that bad? Or was it just not what you expected? That's what my guests and I will decide on today's episode of the Belated Binge Podcast. The Rebinge Podcast that doesn't take itself or the books too seriously. My name's Zach. I'm your host, revisiting some of the most iconic series in recent memory that I nearly missed out on, like Harry Potter, which, despite growing up with it, I didn't read through until my mid-twenties, and today I'm stoked to be joined by Juliana to reflect on Fantastic Beasts, the movies they were, what they could have been, and what they weren't. Let's do it. The Belated Binge Podcast. Before we get started, spoilers. Obviously. Language. Probably. Shout out to the bonus binge squad of Alex and Katie. Now, I want to introduce my guest for this episode. Say hi, Juliana! Wow. That was pretty hype. I, I'm here for that, you know. I, I just came off the Falmouth Road Race, and I'm the person who, when I run in a road race, I scream at the people on the side of the road to yell louder because I'm running and I'm screaming, so they should be screaming <laughs> back at me louder. I'm actually, I, I felt like I had to put some inflection on it because it's either, I either want to do that or uh-huh. I want to give you like the ridiculously long intro of every credit that you possibly could have in the space. But I feel oh, like wow. your list is too long. <laughs> so you got Juliana. Woo! That's what it's going to be. You can well, go I mean, the list. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, thank you. I feel like I don't have really that many achievements, but I do enjoy being in like the Harry Potter like fantasy world creator space so it's very exciting but yeah i i mean hello listeners juliana <laughs> here uh you might recognize my voice because you possibly could have listened to our episode that we had on my past podcast uh now kind of retired podcast where we had zach on and it's very exciting to finally be here we've had this in the works for like such a long time and i'm very excited to be here and like Zach said, I do a lot of things in the Harry Potter space, mostly just like social media, doing collaborations with people, doing podcasts, going to conventions, doing paneling. Uh, you name it, I've probably done it. So, well, didn't you have a stint at MuggleNet too? Do I remember that correctly? Oh, I'm still, yeah, I'm still working there too. I, I'm on the content team at MuggleNet too, as well. So I like I help edit the um, like the backside of pages, like do the coding and stuff. So that's only like I also the. Do biggest publication in the harry potter space yeah. and you're just like eh, yeah i still uh, yeah i still work there too uh among yeah. all the other things well, it was really nice because i got to when i went to leaky con like two or three weekends ago now i got to actually meet a lot of the people who i work with in person which was really nice so shout out to them but yeah no i do work for MuggleNet too i i forget that i do all these things because i just like and i have my other podcast with jeff which is into the fold um which is about the grishaverse which is if anyone's seen the shadow and bone series on netflix it's the books that that is based off of but yeah just a lot of things that i i'm out there doing out in the world <laughs> so here i am today though yeah i i started to listen i don't i haven't read those books uh, I yeah. have not committed to reading them yet, but I did yeah. start listening to the first couple of episodes from way back when in 2021. Yeah, they're kind of um, old now. <laughs> uh, but I felt like I had to, like, because if I'm going to take on a new series of any kind, just even mm-hmm. as a consumer, I at yeah. this point in my life, I feel like I want to get a feel for it, mm-hmm. for the content I'm going to consume around it, because, like, yeah. that's the only way I can do it now. And I want, I kind of want to get a, I figure there's nothing more accurate or like more reliable for whether something is any good than if you turn on a podcast and you're intrigued by the podcast, then like, Mm -hmm. oh, well, the material must be great. Like, yeah. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. We've gotten a lot of people into that. (laughs) No, today we were talking about a different book series. Well, not really a book series, more or less, but a movie series that kind of went kaput. After <laughs> after three movies that were promised to be five that were said to be in all these different countries that ended up being in other different countries <laughs> and maybe had questionable like film quality possibly and questionable storylines and yeah. So Fantastic Beasts, if you had yes. to guess what it was, friend. <laughs> yes, our goal for this episode is to answer Fantastic Beasts. Were they really that bad or were they just not what you expected them to be? And so I figure we can start at the beginning. 
Yeah. What did you think that we were going to get after watching the first Fantastic Beasts movie, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them? Yeah. So I'll start off with saying that I think the first movie is like genuinely a good movie as a I standalone. I agree. Like you could watch that movie and never need another sequel and be absolutely fine. Yeah. And I thought we were going to get obviously more of the Tina new Jacob Queenie storyline because in the actual first movie, they are our four main characters and they're like the new characters. And the movie is called Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, which is a book that's written by Newt Scamander. So I thought because of all these context clues and what happened in the first movie, it was going to be a Newt Scamander centered story with all the other characters that we had gotten in the movie already and not a Grindelwald Dumbledore uh, love triangle story that it ended up being, which I mean, <laughs> what a wild thing, take but... on your part. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I'm sure no one else thought that when they were watching the Fantastic Beast movie, that was a completely original take that no one else has thought of before. <laughs> I mean, you were really going out like really in left field on just how could you possibly think that maybe these would be the main characters of this series? I know, like, right? What I. <laughs> Why, why would we think that like why <laughs> they're definitely not the only people on the poster for all of the movie promotional stuff for the first <laughs> movie like all it's funny because all the promo stuff for the first movie is like a lot of it is just newt by himself walking through new york and yeah. a few of the ones with the four characters on it and then you switch over to the second and the third movie and it's literally just all either like Johnny Depp or I, re I refuse to refer, refer to him as Grindelwald. He is Johnny Depp. Because um, <laughs> he's not playing a character. He's playing Johnny Depp wears a multicolored contacts. That's what he's playing. And I, yeah. Yeah, I, I have no rebuttal to that at all. Yeah. Because, yeah, yeah that character didn't, that Wasn't character really didn't jiving. land. Yeah, that character yeah. didn't land for me. Um, but I was actually an oddball, I think. Mm. Granted, I don't know I don't know how much of it I was predicting, but once we got to the end and to the Grindelwald reveal and that yeah. sort of thing, I was actually completely on board. For the Grindelwald storyline. Particularly the Dumbledore and Grindelwald storyline. Because for me, yeah. I honestly I consumed Harry Potter late. Yeah. Hence the podcast. <laughs> Yeah, this is not a shock to anyone. Yeah. But I remember distinctly one day waking up, the sun was shining through the sliding glass door next to my bed. Oh, how beautiful. Obviously pre-child because I slept in until the sun came up. And it was quiet. And I didn't get out of bed immediately. I had a moment mm -hmm. to lay there and just think. And for whatever reason that morning, I was like, I wish I had more from that world to consume. Uh-huh. And I was thinking, what I want, I want the Dumbledore story. Mm. I want the life and lies of Albus Dumbledore. I want that. That's yeah. the content that I would love to consume next. That is what I would want. So the idea that these Fantastic Beasts movies could give that, I was like, dope. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah. You know, uh, I wasn't one of those people that, wanted pokemon with magic wands uh personally yeah yeah i mean i so dumbledore is my favorite character in the harry potter series I just, agree. For, just for reference um and i definitely am totally on board with getting the slides and life and lives of Alice dumbledore as a movie as like a fully fleshed out book possibly and i really love that storyline and i love the kind of romance between Grindelwald and Dumbledore. So I'm totally on board with you too, like wanting that. I mean, mm -hmm. it's not, I'm referring to Mads Mikkelsen Dumbledore, not I know, Johnny Depp I... Dumbledore, that one. I like the romance between those two, not the not the Johnny Depp one. We uh, may have a conversation that we can get into once we get to that movie, because I yeah. think that it's, we'll get there, we'll get there. Yeah. But I would we'll, say we'll, I we'll am, yeah, I'm not... I wasn't that into that part of that movie, but not yeah, for the reasons so... that people probably think from Ooh, okay. a straight white guy. Because okay, like, we'll get you know, some hot takes on that. That's cancelable already. Yeah, um, but... but but yeah, no, I'm in the same boat as you, wanting that storyline between Dumbledore and Grindelwald and getting Dumbledore's backstory 100. percent And I kind of was thinking, 
what are they going to do and where are they exactly are they going to take this to make this yeah. interesting after the first movie? Because, again, the first movie kind of wraps itself up in a nice little bow and it, you really don't need a follow up movie. You can watch it and like literally anyone can watch that movie without any context of anything. Like you could put someone who's completely oblivious to the Harry Potter universe in front of that movie and they would probably be like, yeah, this was like a nice time. This was a nice like kind this of fun. uplifting fun movie in the end. And I liked it. There were little magic things that happened. And I laugh at the little giggle water thing that uh, Jacob does in the middle <laughs> of the bar every single time that I watch that movie. And <laughs> then I call it a day and I'm like, this is good. This is the end. We didn't really need a follow up in the form of, like you said, uh, magical creature Pokemon, more or less, which is kind of where. Yeah. And I it was kind of heading if you followed that Newt Scamander storyline, I think. Well, and that's also one. I think that's personally, I think that's why you couldn't just make them the focal point of the yeah. series, because how interesting is that going to like how how much. uh what's like the word i'm looking for you even like create from that because it's yeah just, like it's not yeah. rich in content more or less no like how much conflict can they come up upon just yeah trying to hunt but capture beasts as a, and quote unquote save them and study them as opposed yeah. to you know killing for sport which is not what he was doing like yeah. what are you, they gonna get involved with some feud with magical poachers like what is what's that storyline really going to be and i was also on board i have argued on this podcast with mm -hmm. no one uh is just yourself yeah just me arguing against the nothing the, the no, wall the wall literally the wall yeah uh, i do that sometimes too <laughs> i believe that harry potter that whole series Mm -hmm. is the Dumbledore versus Voldemort series told through the eyes of Harry Potter. Yeah, I can get behind that. That's and I feel like that Dumbledore uses Harry as a pawn essentially the entire book, which is why I find yep. Dumbledore so interesting because he's such a morally gray character. Like he's right. using Harry Potter as a pawn to save the world and do good, but he's also mentally and physically traumatizing a child and utilizing the child in the process of doing that. Yeah. And literally using him as disposable. Um, yeah. So it's that again, I like Dumbledore because he's complex and there's a lot happening there. And I find mm -hmm. that very interesting. I completely he's agree. He's not perfect. No. And I was so I was totally on board for Dumbledore versus Grindelwald told through the eyes of Newt Scamander. Like I was yeah. totally good with that direction. So I wasn't upset. Granted, I think the Grindelwald reveal at the end was problematic in the way that it was brought forth yeah, and like just described magically and the weird like, yeah, the weird Johnny Depp, like you can't understand the line that you doesn't. Don't know what he, the, there's, so the, the people who do, you know, Pops the Play. Have you heard I'm of that? familiar. I haven't watched it. How's OK, it? you're going to have to watch it at some point. You're going to watch it and we're going to do an episode. Right? Like I can find it on YouTube. That's a thing. It's, or do I have to it's go on somewhere? Amazon? It's I would th there are some okay. high schools who have done the play but honestly I've watched those and I watched the past one that the original casted on off on the off-broadway production just go spend that. the $15 on Amazon you'll okay, watch the, you'll, okay. you'll keep going back to this act over and over again because there's such like there's such it's so funny um, I'm down I'm down but, to watch that I just I have not yet and I but, didn't know where Honestly. Yeah, Am Amazon pops the play, but they did a parody of Fantastic Beasts. They said, "Dude, it was called Dude, Where Are My Fantastic Friends?" Where they like get around all the IP things, but they have one guy who was playing Johnny Depp, and like he just kept popping up into scenes, being like, "Can we die just a little?" And we just like pop up and like come back down, and it was just like the funniest thing because that's such a like that line means nothing. Nothing. Like that line means absolutely nothing. It has no context for the movie. Like it literally means nothing. Yeah, and it does. Like it that doesn't make it a mysterious ending. It makes it no, a, what just... the fuck are we doing here? Ending like this is stupid. Like yeah. So yeah, they uh -huh. that movie was actually really good and well like really well self contained until that exact Johnny Depp moment. hits the screen. Yeah. So yeah. I here's how I feel. I feel like I really love the first movie. I feel like the production company and the writers fucked up because they started it from the point of Newt Scamander 
and Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. And they should have just like done either done that as a one off and then started the life and lives of Elvis Dumbledore mm-hmm. or just not done that and started the whole thing as the life and lives of Elvis Dumbledore and just like started yeah. it from a point where we're just following Dumbledore and Grindelwald around because that that first movie could have just been a standalone and didn't need that weird Dumbledore, like didn't need the weird no. Grindelwald reveal at the end at all. They could have just had someone else's made up someone else's the villain. It literally yep. could have been like just like Mr. Bad Guy 101. Like that's literally what it could have been. And then just be like, okay, this is like like how Star Wars does the one-off movies, like Rogue One. Like it's like a Rogue One of the Harry Potter series. They just kind of do it. It's self-contained. Yeah. It's fine. It's a fun movie. Anyone can watch it. Like you can watch Rogue One and you don't really need background information, more or less. It's like just to understand, like, oh, Jedi's and bad people. But and then yeah. then they should have just started these movies as the life and lies about was Dumbledore and I, then taken it from there. I think yeah. they fucked up. I agree with you on that. I also I also think and I don't want to get into too much. I literally did an episode called How to Save the Fantastic Beasts franchise. Yeah. So I don't want to go rehash too much of that. But I also think like even if you have this as an installment in the way that it was, mm-hmm. I would have found the movie and the ending to be way more compelling mm-hmm. if Graves was Grindelwald. Yeah. And it was I, I like agree. a backstopped, like undercover thing that he'd been working on and infiltrated himself. And it wasn't a essentially a polyjuice knockoff, like yeah, explanation the at the end. Yeah, yeah. Like I thought that cheapened it so much. I thought it was, yeah, he's way more of, of a threatening character and insidious character. If he was mm-hmm. able to infiltrate the American wizarding government rise to that level of prominence and power as an imposter and yeah. not an imposter from like a, physical appearance standpoint he was just that good and that wicked and like that that persuasive and cunning and stuff yeah like which is what his character was supposed to be like that was that would have been a way stronger ending in my opinion and something to build off of from there um Mm -hmm. but yeah that's i i think i messed up the ending i think they messed up the ending i also think that they messed up making this crux around fantastic beasts yeah no i agree too that's what that's kind of what i was saying too like they shouldn't have started it as fantastic beasts and where the final unless like again this was going to be a one-off yeah but they should have literally just been like this is about albus dumbledore like this is with the even if it even if it was the same exact movie naming the franchise fantastic beasts paints you into a corner where beasts have to matter yeah in all of these movies and Mm -hmm. they don't after this one no they don't and it's funny as we get into the second movie we're gonna see that they kind of fall back and i think one of the things about the third movie that's the most interesting to me is because i'm so engrossed in the harry potter fandom Mm -hmm. and you would never know that i no one would ever guess that but I, ha- I hear the opinions of many, many, many people um, also because I have a face that people like to talk to and uh, I guess an inviting tone of voice, which I don't know <laughs> if that's true or not, because my voice is weird um, <laughs> or just just distinctive. Like I start talking and people are like, oh, that's Julianne. It's like, yeah, it's me. Hi, um, I'm the problem. But uh, yeah, I, I've heard a lot of opinions about uh like how they could have improved the fantastic beast movies like what fans wanted from them and watching the third movie it looks like they took the notes from all the people who were complaining literally wrote them on a piece of paper and like checked them off as they went through the third movie and were like check more beasts check the beasts to have a purpose in this movie check 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 like literally i was sitting in the movie theater and i was like had a mental checklist of the things that people had said and that like that i had heard multiple times over and over again that needed Mm -hmm. to be improved from the second movie and people were just like check 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 and one of them was the fact that in the second movie they like literally don't use the beasts at all and they're like not a context for them and why did we keep calling this fantastic beasts because literally there are no beasts in the second movie that do really anything useful except for like work as unpaid slaves in the circus yeah it's i think it's well, you know what? Let's just get into Crimes and Grindelwald because this is yeah. where the thing goes off the rails, right? Like this is this um, is the off the this is the worst of the three. Yeah, by a, is, by a large margin. Like I, I literally wrote down the question: What went wrong? But Everything. I feel like it's such a long yeah. Like what did everything? I mean, this is the movie that ruined the franchise mm-hmm. 
for mm-hmm. sure. And mm-hmm. I, in addition to that, I was actually thinking about this. It is the single least rewatchable movie of anything related to Harry Potter. Oh, 100%. Completely. It's, you can't even, even as a really intense Harry Potter fan, mm-hmm. you can't even watch this movie without literally being like, what the actual fuck is happening? I tried. I tried to rewatch it like a you few can't. times. And I'm like, this is garbage. It's terrible. It's garbage every time. It makes no sense every single time. You like I used to be part of this other podcast called Speak Beastie. That's a MuggleNet podcast. Again, yes, Juliana has done like literally mm-hmm. everything. Uh, but we did some episodes where we broke the whole entire movie down like scene by scene because this is one of the books. Uh, so these movies have the scripts that go along with them. Mm-hmm. So we like blocked it off like a scene by scene by scene. Mm-hmm. And the consensus from everyone who did all this, and it took us a long time to do this because we did it on, on the podcast stuff. We literally were like, there's so much going on in each scene that's so disconnected from the next scene. And Nothing that was makes sense. Like it was just like tiny, tiny, tiny little like discombobulated movies all connected together. Mm-hmm. And it just was a big old pile of shit. It was. It was so disconjointed and made no sense and so mm-hmm. much was unneeded to oh, what yeah. the plot could... of the movie was supposed to end up i think what we were supposed to take away once it was all said and done like, we didn't need like any of it maybe like it was so so bad but before we do this i just terrible. i want a side note from you first yes side notes crimes of grindelwald is the single most or least rewatchable movie in anything harry potter what is second second oh okay second least rewatchable i mean honestly probably the third the third fantastic beast because the the harry potter movies like even the ones that like aren't great like i don't like the fourth movie very much because it's like so cringy and the Mm. hair from the fourth movie just makes (laughs) me want to vomit up everything in my body but (laughs) but like it's still like it's a watchable movie like you can watch the fourth movie i feel like any Mm -hmm. of the harry potter movies you can put them on and you are still like engaged by at least part of the movie and they're still like pretty good like even like the seventh movie like the first one where they spend a lot of time running through the forest that's actually like one of the best movies and it's like pretty good it's one of the best adaptations it might be the best adaptation from from a book to movie stand. I, I would say yeah, the first I think it's the first probably, one. Yeah, I think, I, think the fir- I think Sorcerer's Stone is the best book to movie adaptation just because that's one, the I shortest agree. book. Mm-hmm. And two, they like literally almost like line by line actually took that yeah. book and turned it into a movie, even like giving the exact lines from the from yeah. the book into the movie, which they do with the other movies. But that one I feel like was just like you can either watch the movie or read the book and you can start in the second book and you understand literally everything, even yeah. if you don't read the first book and just see the first movie. Yeah, so. there was some streamlining, but the movie was the book. Like the, yeah, the book became pretty, the movie. Yeah, that was um, like, I think that's the best adaptation. But yeah, even the, the books, even the movies that are like arguably could be really boring are actually pretty good. I'm going to have to say this, the third Fantastic Beast movie is probably the second least watchable like Warner Brothers made movie out of all things if you want my real hot take I think it's the Harry Potter musical a Harry Potter musical because that has not aged well and there's quite a lot of things in there where I'm like ooh, I like I just keep cringing I'm like oh because the it was like early 2000s humor where mm-hmm. like they got away with a lot of things that like would not float right now and I just like I find myself being like oh I think ugh, that's funny I ugh. like the whole time that would probably make me like it more, but I haven't seen it. <laughs> oh, okay. So you'll have to watch that at some point. Puffs and that yeah. you'll have to watch it at some point. And yeah, I admittedly, I admittedly have not dove into as much of the fan created mm. content outside of this stuff. Like, yeah, so like many podcasts. So, like, so many podcasts I've consumed. So many yeah. like YouTube videos, like content creators in that way. Yeah, not like. Not a I, like I've never been a fan fiction guy. Although yeah. I have, uh, I have pimped the uh, the James Potter fan fiction quite a bit on this podcast. Um, mm. by Norman G. Lippert, I believe is the guy's name. Okay. It's actually really good. Hmm. Um, I'll have to go it, it gets a little wild, 
but it's I mean, really have good. You read, you, as someone who hasn't read any other fan fiction, I can guarantee you that most fan fiction gets oh, a little wild. I tr- Yeah, I, I think that was my problem. Um, my Aside from that one, which I found uh, almost on accident, yeah. uh, when seeking out fan fiction to try to read some, I believe I got a poor luck of the draw because I tried a couple things and they were just absolute unreadable garbage that i hated so much and i don't mean anything negative towards those people i just was so uninterested by line three that i just didn't dive down that foray i did watch the um the who did the voldemort uh uh origins of the air or something like that oh yeah those little like movies that someone movie. made on into- yeah mm-hmm. i i don't know the, who the creator was but i have seen those too which yeah. are actually like arguably for a small production that i don't think had any funding behind it at all pretty good yeah they, they didn't get the audio the version i watched didn't get the audio synced uh particularly exactly right. well but the rest of it like i enjoyed it i watched it you know what i mean yeah and, yeah, and yeah. I, you I watched it to the end you were time. like oh nice time yeah. i think I think for you, um, mm-hmm. one, I'm going to send you my fan fiction that I wrote about Squid and Do Toast, it. which is my number one OTP. My one true pairing is Squid and Toast. Um, Do it. It's, it's just a stupid little fan fiction. Um, but you should also, in your like lineup of things that you should watch, so we have Puffs, we have a very Potter musical. You should also indulge yourself in My Immortal, which is like the number one Harry Potter fan fiction. Can't do you, it. Can't, you can't do it. I can't not? do it. Because Even someone read it to you? Because I have listened to podcasts that have read ah, you have, either okay, excerpts so or like it. read it out a lot, like some not the whole thing, but, but enough of it. of it for me to yeah. be like, I value my life more than that, and I will never get that time back. It's um, funny because one of the uh, one of the um, conventions that I actually didn't go to called MistyCon, Jeff went to, but they did a live reading of My Immortal, <sighs> and they the thing was they had to keep reading with a straight face, and if you broke into a laugh or if you broke your straight face, you were out. And there was it was a contest to see who could le- read it the longest. That's how you do it. Yeah, without like cracking up or like breaking in the straight face because it is just the most bonkers, ridiculous fan fiction in the entire world, yeah. and it's just it's wild. It's a yeah, wild I think- time. I think that's the problem. I actually want it to be good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if I'm going to consume it, like, I want it to actually, I want it to feel like it was actually decent. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, we anyway, side note. I tracked a lot. For me, it's actually uh, Chamber of Secrets, by the way. Oh, okay. That's my hot take. As the Chamber of Secrets is my favorite movie. I cannot stand that movie. Um, I, 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 I had that. So one time when I was little, we went to the Blockbuster. Yes, mm-hmm. that was the thing uh, for all you younger you. listeners out there. Mm-hmm. But we went to the Blockbuster and my mom was like, oh, everyone can buy because I have three other siblings, one VHS tape. And that's mm-hmm. going to be like something we'll put in our VHS library. And so the, what I bought was Chamber of Secrets. So I have watched the Chamber of Secrets movie like way too many <laughs> times to the point where I don't realize I know all the words to the movie until you put it on. And I can like literally say every single thing along and I can tell you exactly where you are in the movie because I have seen that movie no less than like 200 times so, so for you there's actually a little bit of a sentimental value for that particular yeah. movie i yeah. think for me just put putting it in the lineup i'm like i can it's go better. one to three and not feel like i missed anything yeah in terms of part. just like enjoying watching i just i think yeah. chamber of secrets mm-hmm. in a lot of ways is like a it's almost like a it's almost like a regurgitation of the first movie yeah that's like fair. First, in a lot of ways, but worse. Yeah, <laughs> and it just and I don't think that they. I think there was a, I think there was a jump in acting ability for most of the cast from two to three. Yes. Oh, definitely a hundred percent. Yeah, and El, um, and what's his Alfonso Corona. I couldn't think of his first name. Alfonso Corona. I feel like definitely challenged the kids a little bit more in the third movie. Perhaps. To, grow as actors and yeah, could i be. think that's a good thing too yeah it could be i mean it's not it's by far not my favorite like movie of the two but i think there's a clear difference when you mm-hmm. go from watching two to watching three in the yeah. uh, like skills and ability of the actors in one you don't care yeah you know what i mean one's like yeah, the sentimental kids. dive into the world their children yeah they're cute Ooh. that's all that matters exactly like two is like oh so we haven't gotten any better at anything yeah. have we our voice yeah. just cracks a little more. 
Yeah. That's that's pretty much it. That that's where yeah. we are. And then three, it's like, oh, okay, here's some progress. Here's some growth. Yeah. Yeah. And and then it continues. And it just keeps going. Yeah. That's yeah. fair. I will say but that's that, my... that, that that's a fair hot take. I'll mm. take that. I have at least rewatched Secrets of Dumbledore willingly on its own as a standalone movie. I would yes. not rewatch Chamber of Secrets on oh, its own nice. as a standalone movie. If I watch if I watch the season like or the series, yeah. I wouldn't skip it. Mm-hmm. I would watch them in order. But if I was just like, I want to watch a Harry Potter movie, zero out of a hundred times am I going to choose Chamber of Secrets just to just sit Secrets. down and watch it. Yeah. I that's have fair. Chose Secrets of Dumbledore to sit down and watch it. It was on an airplane, actually. Oh, nice. Uh okay. So, so movie two. Here's, all right. Maybe I should do this. I don't I don't know if we should try to take these one at a time or if I should just drop the list on you uh-huh. of like what I found so problematic about this movie and we can just riff on whatever we want to do. Yeah, go um, for it. Maybe we do it that way because if not, this is going to be a four-hour podcast. Yeah. This is my list that I, came to me in literally like five minutes of just frantic... I hate this movie. Uh, notes, which is fair and valid because again, <laughs> this movie is is trash. Like yeah, it's it, hot. As someone who like legitimately likes the Fantastic Beasts movies, like on the whole, um, just because two out of three of them are good ish, at least, um, this movie is hot, flaming trash. Oh my gosh! All right, and I'm gonna read them verbatim that okay, I have. Go down. for it. Go for it. Lita Lestrange. Yes. Why? Why? Yeah, I think the big question there is literally just like, why is why she a character she in this movie? This is. Yeah. I, I also note too, this is the movie of characters that get added in and taken out within the same within the same exact movie that have no context and have like literally they did not need to be there. No, none. Nagini, like, why? I. That's one, what? two, three, four notes from now is literally yeah. Nagini. Why? The ones yeah. between it are baby swap storyline. Why? Why? Prophecy yeah. storyline? Why? 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 Yusuf Kama? Why? 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 We don't need him. <laughs> Nagini? Why? Why? <laughs> and then it gets to be a little bit more substance. Mm. Queenie? Rape? Completely stupid? Absolute departure from her character that was established in the first movie? Yeah. What happened to Queenie? <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a thing that carries into the third movie, too, which is just like, there's no explanation as to like why all of a sudden she's like, and now I'm going to have children and I'm going to mentally control this man who clearly tried to love me, but like I, it's not enough for me, I guess. She's a complete. I don't even. She's not the same person. No, like it's I. It's not a de-evolution. It's not a devolving character. It's not a. Like no, it's, it literally. It's just a different character the altogether. Same character at all. Yeah, literally they they were they were like. They came back and they're like, okay, this is your lines. And Allison, what's her last name? I'll just call her Allison. The actress who's playing Queenie, she literally came back and was like, am I playing a different character? Because like, yeah, who who is this? Who is this again? Is, yeah. Are we introducing another new character to this movie that doesn't exist at the end of this movie? Maybe possibly. Yeah. yeah so that's a big one for me. Um, mm-hmm. Agreed. Tina mad at newt for a stupid like article mistake that one sentence of dialogue fixes like why do we have manufactured tension for this no reason yeah like impending relationship there's no reason for it they're they're actually more interesting characters when Mm -hmm. they're together they both kind of suck when they're on their own yeah no i fully agree with that too they're good playing off of each other yeah and those moments we have with them together like when they're in the french ministry of magic together like that's actually kind of a good part of the movie because those two actors like you can tell how much um the actress playing tina and the actor playing newt like actually genuinely like being together and having Mm -hmm. a fun time just acting yeah but by themselves yeah they're boring like tina is boring newt is like cutesy and like kind of fun but Tina is like boring. They are not compelling characters when they are on By their themselves. own. Yeah. What saves Newt in a lot of circumstances for me, what saves Newt as a character in like this whole thing is that he always either has Tina or Jacob to play off of. 
to make yes. him interesting. Yes. He is Jacob, not interesting when he's on his own. Jacob is, I think, my favorite character in the Fantastic Beasts movies just because he's interesting. He's funny. He always has something to say. He's a little bit more complex than we think he is. And he does actually make the scenes where Newt could be like excessively boring, actually pretty funny. And that yeah. is something that carries through. And I think he is one of the few things in the second movie where it's like he 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 checks all the boxes. He's fine. And yeah. there's nothing really terrible happening with the Jacob storyline from what I can remember. Nothing offensive, super crazy, like from his standpoint, yeah. Queenie controlling him is not his his doing yeah that, um, that's not a that's not a character issue for him yeah that's an like a, something maybe his reaction him. to it it's a little bit yeah. annoying how piney he gets after it like yeah you know where it's like i mean everyone's just know. weird everyone this whole movie is just weird like it's just no one is the same as they were in the first movie yeah we get all these unnecessary characters who like literally come in and leave before the end of the movie we don't even yeah. get real reasons as to why these people are leaving why they chose grindelwald why they exist in the first damn place like what purpose did they serve there anyway the number of arguments (sighs) i have heard about is Lita lestrange dead or alive is too many at this point i literally did not care I don't care. I don't. She literally this woman came in like we love Zoe Kravitz. She's great. She's great in other movies. But this is just a character that we did not need. And we could have very easily, along with the use of comma storyline, along with the use of comma himself, because in Seekers of Dumbledore, he also does like literally nothing. And And it also I'm sorry. But once we get to that, like I have a whole other problem with him in that movie. Yeah. No, the thing not making any sense. But yeah, it just it doesn't make sense. It's just I think to me, the thing that the second movie is, it is a showcase as to how much JKR fucking sucks as a screenwriter. And that's that. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that I think that pretty much checks out. Um, I think yeah. it's yeah, I think it's I think it's clear that there are two different skill sets that it takes to write a successful novel series and a successful movie franchise. And And they're different skill sets. They are completely different skill sets. And it was trying to cram too many things into Mm -hmm. like one cohesive structure that was never cohesive as a result of all of the things. Like in order to make that, in order to make whatever was supposed to be conveyed work, you needed a 400 page novel oh yeah no i totally agree my my biggest takeaway and my biggest like point that i will stand on the hill that i will die on around fantastic beasts (laughs) is that i think fantastic beasts should have been a book series instead of a tv series instead of a movie series because you can act i describe it as looking at a city through the fog in a distance, like you can kind of see the outline of the city. And like, that's what the movies are. They're like a city that's kind of fogged over. And what we needed to do was push the fog out of the way and get all those little details that you can see once the fog is gone and create the books, because you can see like what JKR was kind of like the storyline she was starting and where she kind of wanted to go with these characters. But because it's an hour and a half to two hour movie, yeah. she couldn't really flesh that out. And you're right. It should have been like a 500 to 600 page book where all those complex storylines could have very easily been integrated into the story because and actually that's what happens in a book is you have more complex and more just in-depth storylines yeah than you do in an hour and a half to two hour movie and that's just how it is and she just sucks as a she sucks as a screenwriter and that's just it and it's frustrating yeah they gave Uh, her all that liberty yeah i'll leave it with this Prof McG, why? Yeah, yeah. We why? don't need to do math, but no. like, why? 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 Okay. Secrets of Dumbledore. Here we go. The attempt at course correction through controlled confusion, which mm-hmm. is literally what they made the plot about, which is a yep. whole other thing. Um, yeah. This is where, like, one, your crux of the beasts comes back to bite you because the mm-hmm. baby deer shit didn't make anything make any more sense and it if you took that out of the movie the all the baby dearness 
Yeah. Like it would have been better. It would have been a better movie mm-hmm. <laughs> just without it. So why yeah. uh, not? Mm-mm, nope. Use of comma. Yeah. We why? were just on that. We didn't need him. He could have, he, we, he should have died with Lita Lestrange in the second movie. And then we could have just left him completely out of this. He should have died on the editing floor of the second movie, but yeah, they valid even just his like allegiance to Grindelwald or whatever. And well, he still hates you for killing his sister and, Oh, we're going to pull every memory you have out of about yeah. your sister. Say Wouldn't goodbye. it be one fucking memory? Because be. in the last movie, they established they've not met each other. Yeah, it'd be the memory of them meeting and then the memory of his dad, like switching, like all that stuff with his dad. So but they take like literally sister. two. No, it's not. Oh, yeah, you're right. No, it's not. That's they're talking what... about Lita, right? Like they're yeah. talking about Lita. He didn't know Lita yeah, in the no. second movie. Am I losing my mind? I, as soon as no. I said that, I was like, why does he care? He doesn't he know her. He shouldn't. He really shouldn't. <laughs> and he really just shouldn't even be there because he is like just standing. He offers he literally, nothing. The, literally the guy who plays him is standing in the back of scenes. I mean, good for him for getting a paycheck, honestly. Yeah. But like it's just standing in the back of scenes as a prop. Yeah. And that's and it. From my understanding, like one thing that I have heard is the actor has come out after the movie and said mm-hmm. that there was context for his character shot that was edited oh, yeah. out of the movie. Oh, so, I totally like, believe that. From his perspective, it's kind of like, okay, I mean, that part sucks. But yeah. at the same time, it couldn't have been, one, it couldn't have been that compelling or they wouldn't have deleted it because they needed everything compelling they could possibly get to save this franchise and it still didn't work. Yeah, And two, you shouldn't have been in the movie to start with. No, he so. shouldn't have been in the movie. I mean, I feel like this movie is a movie of edits, of like post, post-filming very post-filming edits because if you watch the last scene from this movie it is very edited like you can tell that some things were like recut you can Mm -hmm. tell that like the reactions are not quite what they should be to what's happening in the previous like panel uh in the previous like little nugget of, of that we just saw and you can see that in my opinion it looks like tina was supposed to be in that scene and then we had the whole thing with catherine um, who plays Tina not wanting to be part of the movie anymore. And then Which is, her like really weird red carpet appearance. That was just bizarre. Well, that's, uh, so that's the thing. I did not delve into that part of yeah. everything. So it was yeah. very, for me, it was very stark and very awkward the way that she was and wasn't the, in the film. Uh, yes. No, I, yeah. I, so the thing that's confusing well as well too, Catherine Watterson never actually stated exactly why she was not part of the movie. I mean, it definitely has to do something with JKR's views and her transphobia and things like that. But there was never like a statement from Catherine Watterson saying like, oh, I don't want to be part of the movie because X, Y, and Z. And so I'm choosing to only do the things that I signed a contract for, like walk the red carpet for this thing. And then I'm only saying like the minimum of what I have to say. And then I'm like, doing my doing my due diligence like doing my like one two step and then you can't stepping me. away <laughs> like, yeah yeah like i'm gonna i'm gonna yeah i'm gonna do what i signed up for but only the bare minimum of what i signed up for and then i'm walking away from this and you can never talk to me again pretty much and like yeah we get that weird interaction with them at the end of the movie and that's like literally it and in my opinion when we get that reveal in the end of the Dumbledore versus Grindelwald kind of dual thingy at the end of the movie. And we get the reveal that Bunty is in that green, like hooded thing. It, to me, it looks like it should have been Tina, but that's just me because mm. that would have made sense if it was Tina, if she was off doing like fighting. Cause so many people were like, Oh, she's off fighting something else. She's going to come back at the end. She's going to tell us what's going on. I was like, she's not part of anything. Like Catherine Waterston has like fully removed herself from everything. Like, I don't know who you are thinking that she's coming back, but yeah, that's the weird thing too, where it's like, I would have understood if she was just out, mm-hmm. but yeah. then and they had to write it in awkwardly of like, well, she's got a lot to do. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. She's she's so busy. They show her in the weird voting thing. They have like the one close up of her standing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Literally just standing. 
Yep. And then she, and then she shows up at the end for the little like wedding thing. And it's kind of like, well, clearly you were in the movie. Yeah. So like only the bare minimum. Yeah. It just, it felt very misplaced within the movie. Like I understand they want, like obviously they had her signed for a reason and they wanted to exploit whatever they could out of like whatever, but they were paying her whatever. But I almost like your movie's probably better if you just take that out. I know they should have just done what they did with Johnny Depp and just like pay out whatever they had to pay out in the contract that they had with that person and then just yeah. let them go. Yeah, it just would be have like, been. Thank you for your time. You don't want to do this anymore. It's a waste of our time to fit you in in a way that makes no sense. Yeah. Here's just... your check. Have a nice life. Yeah. Because then everybody like, look, we are nerds, right? Like yeah. this is a nerddom. This isn't a fandom. It's a no. nerddom. We... Yeah. The reason that yeah, like the reason that Professor McGonagall being in these movies was such a big problem is because nerds do the math. Yeah, and we know her birthday, and we're like, that doesn't check out. Who do you think you are putting her in there as like a just like there's literally there's a literal there's a line in uh, Order of the Phoenix where she tells Professor Umbridge that she's been working here for thirty five years in what nineteen ninety yeah or or whatever like. I mean, we're the fandom, too, where they're like, what happened to the missing day between when Harry's house I... burned down and when he got <laughs> taken to the Dursleys and all these the little tiny number things? Yeah. Shout out to the Ravenclaws out there. But you... everyone is just like really on top of this. And I mean, who David Heyman, David Gates, I think it's David Gates, whoever, whoever wrote this, directed this movie. Where is your brain? Like you, you should know this fandom by now, and you should know that we are going to hyper analyze everything because that's exactly what we did with the Harry Potter movies. We all, I was the kid who came out of the Harry Potter movie, the fourth one specifically, I can remember the most. And I was like, where was Spew? Where was all these things? Yeah. I can't believe they cut this out. And they know us. Like well, they should know us by now. Yeah. I just, I like, what that, the heck? Yeah. And like, you're gonna have nerds know like she has the same job as Theseus and he's in it so he's not so busy that was my big point too was like why isn't Tina there if Theseus literally has the exact same same person yeah and he Mm. has the time to be there but Tina doesn't but he's in she's in love with Newt but she doesn't and she would probably come willingly and they had to like drag Theseus along essentially so it's like yeah, I don't have it. Two plus two uh, is equaling like seven right now. So. Yeah. All right. So now we can get to the Grindelwald of it all. Um, yes. Johnny Depp versus actual Grindelwald. <laughs> I think it's clear that you are a at least a fan of Mads over Johnny Depp. But were you yeah. a fan of Mads as Grindelwald just period? Like was that a thing? Yeah, that- I I think he played a really good Grindelwald because Grindelwald should be like akin to Hitler in the way that he's mentally manipulative. He is charismatic and he makes you do things that he wants you to do that are technically like bad things Mm -hmm. because he's so compelling as a human and he is just relatable in like a weird condescending way. And I feel like Mads Mikkelsen did a really good job of conveying that aesthetic Mm -hmm. and not just being like, Johnny Depp being like, hello, I am Grindelwald. And it's like, literally, like, dude, what are you doing? Like, what the what the hell are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah. So. I agree with you. Um, I mm-hmm. think that Mads is a more compelling character as Grindelwald. Yes. Um, I think that he is a more captivating villain as Grindelwald yeah. than what Johnny yeah. Depp played. Mm-hmm. Um. I still didn't really care about the character all that much. Like I, it just, it was a character that I felt didn't, I don't know. I didn't care. And then they made the, they made the choice that they made for him and Dumbledore and that storyline and leaning in as heavily as they did into the romantic aspect of that relationship. Mm. And it turned me off of it mm. See, that's, i i liked the romantic side of things but i think I that they should have i think they should have leaned in more i was waiting for them to like Ugh. kiss or something no i it it turned me off and here's why mm-hmm. it is not Tell because of the 
depiction of the characters being in love with each other. Mm-hmm. I was totally, I was, I was fine with that. Yeah. I felt it broke canon. And I felt that it was a retcon. I felt that they were trying to drive that point home so hard. It almost felt to me like an overcorrection for representation. Mm. I will say previously where I was like this, it did not feel genuine to the characters. This to me, I feel uh, I will agree with you in that, in that this felt like a Dumbledore's gay moment, you know, when we had JKR being like, well, Dumbledore was gay the whole time. That's kind of what it felt like to me, where they were like, oh, well, the, the, they were in love the whole time. Like, didn't you know? And yeah, I, I agree that it felt like an overcorrection. I thought yeah. that they took it too far in mm-hmm. terms of that relationship based on the actual text and canon that we already had in yeah. the Harry Potter books. When Dumbledore explained that relationship as lasting old, I can't remember if it was one month or two months. Yeah, it's pretty short in the actual explanation in the book. Super short. They were 16 and 17 years old, respectively. And now they're like way older. Right. In these movies, they are like in their 50s, right? Like, yeah, it's been a hot minute. So you're trying to tell me. And also, I actually took in I actually took into consideration with my interpretation of it, what was said afterwards mm-hmm. by the author about how um, in her mind at that time, I guess Dumbledore was in love with Grindelwald for that short period. Yeah. Grindelwald was manipulating and taking mm-hmm. advantage of that. Mm-hmm. Didn't actually reciprocate those feelings. Yeah. That all checked out in my head as to how that would have gone down. Yeah. In what they had. Like, I'm like, I follow all of that. Like that. Yeah. Made- yeah. You know, that makes sense to me. It also makes sense to me why Dumbledore would kind of go a little bit further in the like direction that he went as a kid in terms of like, we're going to you know rule over the muggles and whatnot yeah. to oh. kind of like be, yeah. you know, edgy Impressed with this dude, world. right? Yeah. Like yeah, I was, yeah. all of that made sense in my mind, but then to turn around in the Fantastic Beasts and have them still like fawning over each other and like we were yeah. so in love and we were so like, and we're still in love with each other and we're going to like touch hearts yeah. and it's going to, there's going to be a couple of times where we're going to like almost make out and shit. And it's like, I don't feel like you build that kind of connection at 16 and 17 over a, 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 like a three week period. period. Like, yeah. yeah make it a maximum of two months two months yeah. is how long you were sleeping with that person in college before you realized that you didn't have anything in common with each other outside of the bedroom like yeah that is valid. not like what you that's not what you like i don't you know you me, don't spend like 40 years thinking about that for the rest of your life in you know my interpretation of it yes and yeah. i have been just just crucified on social media for that take and people that are like i totally what if you are that person that gets that deep in three weeks like whatever it is like yeah then I mean, that's fine yeah, that's you you. And you can interpret it that way for me i did not interpret them that way and so mm-hmm. th- what was then on the screen and secrets of dumbledore i was like oh you really 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 leaned into that way harder yeah. than you uh, than i thought made sense because i thought the blood packed thing mm-hmm. was actually a really really good explanation for why dumbledore hadn't tried to step in sooner Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just because, like, oh, I was so in love with him and I can't. Yeah. Like, I'm like, because I don't feel like that would have held up to me. But having a, you know, a magical object in the way, yeah, I was like, sense. that's actually, yeah, like all of that actually makes everything line up in, in my head. Yeah. I mean, so I, I will agree. It just with, didn't land so, for me. Yeah. I feel, I, I agree with you in the fact that I feel like it was, they were retconning and kind of just like, ticking off a box that they needed to tick off because again i yeah. feel like i i enjoyed i enjoyed secret stump door but i, I feel like like i said like they i had a list in my head of things that they were like actively checking off boxes yeah. and like more lgbtqa plus representation was one of those boxes that literally yeah. i could see like david hey david gates being like check mm-hmm. check check and literally watching his movie and making sure he checked off these things like more beasts check or LGBTQA plus representation, check. Wrap up a little bit of the Queenie and D- Jacob story, check. Uh, and just all these things. Get rid of Credence. Uh, yeah. Find a way to get rid of Credence. Kill Credence because Ezra Miller is a terrible person, check. Uh, what are we supposed to do with this Aurelius Dumbledore crap? Uh, yeah, check. check. 
yeah, yeah. literally I, I was just sitting in the i had my mental checklist like literally just mm -hmm. like check 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 and this was one of the check boxes that i think they checked off was just like more queer representation i agree which and is a great thing we'd love to see it but it yes. does feel a little bit forced i agree with that too yes. in this exact scenario given the background knowledge that we have exactly. on this these two guys as a couple if so. we didn't have that excerpt from dumbledore in deathly yeah. hallows explaining this in a completely different way yeah. than what was acted out and i would have been like oh that's a really compelling storyline i'm glad yeah. that we got some but i was but yeah. that is not and it also could have explained a little bit of that like like if they just hinted towards dumbledore and grindelwald in deathly hallows yeah. that they had something yeah and didn't actually explain what they had yeah that's this whole thing right actually there. lands yeah like the and, it, and it's yeah. actually a really cool story yeah yeah just, i agree didn't for me but it was it was far from the worst thing far from the worst thing in the franchise and yeah. not the worst thing in the movie but it just took me yeah. out of it yeah i think i think this is one of those things where age is kind of uh forgotten more or less because if this had mm -hmm. happened maybe like i don't know when they were like say say they were together for two months when they were 16 and then we get their storyline when they're 18 or something like that this would yeah. make sense that they're coming back to this little romance but they're like literally like 20 to 30 years later yeah. and it makes no sense to hold it on doesn't. to that that long yeah. and it just i think well, the age isn't it's kind of like where we're looking at like the movie versus the book as well too where we see like the book characters are technically like in their 20s and like yeah. james potter is like what like 21 when yeah. he gets murdered yeah. but we kind of see them in the movies portrayed as people like in their like late in 30s, their 40s yeah in their 40s were, like snape yeah. is like 50 or whatever when he's supposed to be like literally like 25 years old. Yeah. yeah he's like somewhere in that age range like mm -hmm. we're kind of where you and i are yeah. where he is not he's not ellen rickman he's no. not at all and no. It's just, I think we we get age lost again, like the yeah. McGonagall thing too. It's like we they just don't. Pay she attention. looks really really good for a fetus. Like she looks. I mean, really, honestly, I really really I great for an good. egg. You yeah. know, like, I would have been really killing it out here if I came out of the womb <laughs> looking like that. She was she was really really developed. Um, yeah. prior to being fertilized, like really really good. Her poor mother, like that <laughs> right. must have like, been terrible. Did, oh carrying on like a hundred and forty pound woman. Yeah, just came In out fully stomach. grown <laughs> sounds awful i don't yeah. wish that upon myself um, but i think and, and we spent a lot of time on it and it certainly wasn't meant to be like just anti that relationship but i think it uh -huh. does actually i think it tells a story that i think that franchise really really and really the whole harry potter universe kind of falls mm -hmm. on is like wants. these characters are like almost incapable of independence in so many ways yeah like mm -hmm. everything falls everything falls back to some sort of like romantic tie or like some a sort of love tie and in, in a yeah like kind of like this like it almost feels like there is like like almost like a bible or like a spiritual book or something that like everything falls back there's like it's just yeah there's like some kind of like lore i guess a lore that everything falls back to whether it's the lore of like a love between two people the lore of like a prophecy the lore of like something that happened in love. the past yeah which is love <laughs> and it, i well, feel like, like there's just all this connection to like some kind of lore more or less and it yeah. all kind of boils down to like okay what's the and it's never really fully clear as to what exactly happened sometimes in this lore which is kind of typical like that's why i kind of go to reach for the bible a little bit too because the bible friend is a story of is a collection of stories that were told to friends and the friends wrote them down and there are a lot of hearsay um so well, and i mean harry potter is jesus christ with a magic wand yeah yeah like, so he it all literally kind of, has again, a resurrection like yeah back it was to very influential lore. to the series but it, I mean, I like these, this relationship, which is really funny because I think romantic relationships were the weakest part of the Harry Potter series. But 100%. Everything stent, like these characters are incapable of independence without them 
in so many cases. Tonks mm-hmm. completely falls apart because of a guy. Yeah. Like Dumbledore and Grindelwald can't possibly have moved on with their lives and been like their own people. They have to be just still fawning yeah. over each other. Queenie mm-hmm. just can't possibly like be alone without Jacob. Yeah, she, or they can't just be together without getting no. married because they yeah. say we can't and she's going to go turn to the bad side because we need to get I love you so much I'm going to be evil. Snape can't possibly get over a high school crush that didn't want like That is the one dedica- that murders me the most. Like, like I just I can't. It's I can't. everywhere I can't with Snape. I it's can't. <laughs> everywhere and I think that Fantastic Beasts had it worse because Mm-hmm. There also weren't books to like let things breathe and yeah. let things develop. It was literally just all in our face in these three movies where it's yeah. like yeah. once you get past the first one, it's just it's I have to have my Tina mess. and Newt. Like I have to have her Jacob mm-hmm. trying to get Queenie. I have to have her Dumbledore. Yeah. I have to have Grindelwald. Uh, the Lita stuff, like who's she really in love with? Like it yeah, all oh my god, just... I'm so over Lita Lestrange arguments, honestly. I'm so over them. <laughs> Which is a great place to end this franchise, and I want to ask now, I want to mm-hmm. go back. Was it that bad, or was it just not what you expected it to be? I think I have two opinions. Movie go. two, it was that bad. It was um, so that bad. It was that bad. Don't like don't waste your time. No one <laughs> no one watch it unless you're like it's the only thing you can watch on an airplane, which I don't know why that would be the case. Um, or you're being tortured in a, in a torture chamber. But I think that the on the whole, I am in the camp that it just was not what we expected it to be. Because they said it was going to be Fantastic Beasts. That's what they named it. But that's not the actual plot line that was being followed throughout the movies on the whole. So, And I think the points that we have issues with are the points that devolve from the canon that we know or aren't along the storyline that we wanted exactly so i think that that also speaks to it's not like terrible but it's it's definitely not what we wanted as fans from this series if that makes sense i think i'm for the most part with you um i think there's more in it that is better than what you probably remember based on your reaction to it not being what you expected it to be particularly after the first movie came out yes like it set a it set a stage and a precedent that was not then followed through no and it that follow-through was poor yes so it made it all seem way 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 worse than it was and ultimately one bad movie squeezed in between two decent movies ruined everything yeah, uh, unarguably, the second movie fucked over the whole franchise. So bad. Yeah, so that bad. was we we knew that that was the end. I mean, uh, I don't know if everyone knew, but I knew personally as a human being. And people would people and other people in the Harry Potter space who are Fantastic Beasts fans were like, Julieta, how can you be so negative and so mean about these movies? I'm like, literally, like this movie was shit. I don't think that they're going to get past the third movie at all. And we watched the third movie and they wrapped it up in a nice little bow. And I was like, this is the end. And people were like arguing with me. I'm like, you can argue with me all you want, because now we're in the current space that we are right here on August 20th, 2023. And guess what? There's not another Fantastic Beasts movie. So sorry, just being realistic over here. Not negative, just realistic, you know? Yeah. And that was funny because I actually came away from Crimes of Grindelwald feeling like I was in the minority that I didn't think it was that bad and I was rooting for the franchise and I was rooting for that like in general that overarching storyline so I was like man people are shitting all over this thing and like ah it just yeah and then I sat with it and then I tried to rewatch it and I was like oh no this is just garbage yeah 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 (laughs) I think the more times you rewatch it the more you're like Oh, yeah, this I can see exactly so why this stopped the franchise like in its tracks right here. Yeah, because it was a complete disaster. Yeah. And I One think that's where is, we end that. Like, yeah, <laughs> I think that that's so we've decided we like the Fantastic Beasts movies on the whole, but the Ish. second one is shit and <laughs> they just weren't exactly what we expected them to be, more or less. Yep. Yep. Perfect. Good summary. Absolutely I like perfect. <laughs> I like it. Okay.
Well, I've, hopefully the listeners will also let you know, too, what their hot takes are on this. And you can also hear hear out what they have to say, because I'm sure anyone who's listening to this is probably screaming into the abyss as to what their opinions are. If they're still listening. Yes, they yes, if you're are. still here, if I if you're still listening at this point, belatedbinge.com has a leave a voicemail icon on it. Oh. Please do it and scream at me about how I ruined everything for you and how it was actually the greatest franchise ever or whatever i want to hear it i didn't know you had a voicemail feature and now i'm gonna have to go back and listen to like the ones that i haven't listened to yet um and i'm going to have to scream into the void and like record it and leave you a voice message do it i tend to i i figure out how usually it i have to do it in some sort some form of like a um almost like a mailbag type of a thing to get them yeah. in. But I like if it's if it's audible and playable, I will figure out a way to make it into an episode somehow. Fun. So we love it. Do it. Yeah. Well, I guess real quick, plug your stuff, whatever yeah. you want to plug, plug it. Yeah. So if you want to find me, you can find me mostly on Instagram at jelly Anna, like grape jelly uh, underscore runs on Instagram. That's where I usually hang out. And if you'd like to hear my dulcet tones somewhere else, and this didn't fully turn you off from my very distinctive <laughs> sounding voice, uh, you can hear me and my best buddy, Jeff, on Into the Fold, the podcast about the Grishaverse, which is the books that the Shadow and Bone series on Netflix is based off of. And it's a book club style review. So we go like chapter by chapter and we are reading through the books and you can read along with us at whatever pace you'd like. And if you'd like to start from the beginning, you can. You want to start from Six of Crows, which what we're doing now, which you actually can, technically speaking, if you want to start with the fourth <laughs> book, because people can you can read that book as a standalone and it's fine. You don't need the other books if you read that one as a, stand, as a standalone, but you can join us there, too. But, yeah, that's where most. And if you live in on Cape Cod, come and run with me because I'm going to do a lot of like running events here on Cape <laughs> Cod. So if you just happen to be in the area, you know, come and hit yeah. me up say like, hey, I heard you on Belated Binge and I'll be like, cool. <laughs> well thank you for slumming it yeah appreciate it yeah no thank you for having me on this was a much overdue uh very pleasant fun thing to do so i'm excited yay i hope you enjoyed this episode with juliana thank you for listening if you did like subscribe follow all the things across all the places i mentioned belatedbinge.com for the website you can get links to all of the things Uh, you can also join on patreon become a bonus binge squad member and you will receive access to a new mini series that i'm posting that is tied to the sons of anarchy um, re-binge that i'm also conducting on this podcast feed where i actually wrote 11 chapters of a sons of anarchy sequel fan fiction and i am reading them for patreon patreon.com slash belated binge as always thank you for listening to the belated binge podcast and telling all of your potterhead friends that they also should be listening to and joining us on our binge